Hi everyone, welcome to Jenny's Tattletales. I'm Jenny. And I'm Andrea from Celtic Butterfly Publishing and this is a podcast for Jenny's Tattletales. Yes, we have been talking an awful lot lately uh, about Jenny's Tattletales and the authors that come on and uh, you know we've been looking at message boards and those kinds of things and trying to um, or hearing the complaints a lot about writing as a business and what are the things to do writing as a business. Um, I think one, one of my biggest complaints where I see authors complaining about how hard it is to sell a book, but then when, you know, they're asked what they're doing to promote it, they're saying they're not doing anything because they are just writing because they love writing. Mm -hmm. So you cannot complain that you're not making money when you're claiming that you do it for pleasure. So when I first started, I did not know anything. And because this world is so overwhelming, I always equated it back to makeup. You know, when people who don't know how to wear makeup or they, they, they look at all the choices on the, the, all the glossy tubes and everything that are on the big shelf and they have to like try to figure out, navigate all these choices down to one lipstick, one this, you know, all that. I always kind of equated it down to that. And as a, I used to be a makeup artist. And so I was able to navigate that. So I thought, okay, this is like that. There's so many colors. There's so many different things out there. It is. However, the problem is, is when you're first coming into it and you know nothing about the world and all you're wanting to do is write stories and you have an idea in your mind about what being a writer is, which is you think you get to just kind of like sit down at a computer and write 10 to 12 hours a day or however long you want to write, come up with a masterpiece, it becomes an instant instant success, and then you just float off of that for the rest of the time. And I don't think a lot of people understand exactly what it takes between writing as a business, writing uh, just for your own pleasure, um, or writing to just put books out and, you know, if people come to them, they come to them. And the thing about it is you need to realize or you need to figure out whether or not writing is a hobby or if writing is going to be your business. And you could be working a full-time job somewhere else and also make this a business. So, um, you know, we're going to try to tap into a little bit of all of that today. If you're writing just for yourself, just to write a book because you want to see if you can or you want to tell your story to a certain group of people and you know those are the people that are going to buy your book that's one thing and that is fantastic i think trying to figure out it is but let me ask you this when you started writing your book did you have an idea who you want to read your book um you know honestly i didn't write it all down. I didn't really have a thought beyond, oh my gosh, I'm going to publish this book and I'm I'm going to just see what happens with it. I mean, honestly, that's what I first came up with. It wasn't until probably mm, maybe after Sea Archer, definitely, and writing some of the, getting into Warriors and stuff like that and writing some of those other books that I started realizing, I really, really love this and I want to see if I can make it work into a business. And um, so, no, at the beginning, I really didn't want to. And so I, I would, that's one thing I would probably suggest to you out there is make the decision about what you want this to look like. 
and then start creating a plan and fleshing that out. Because if you don't have a direction, right? If you don't know the direction you want to take it, then, then you're just muddling your way through, which is exactly what I did. So I do have, I do have kind of like, we're on this kind of other side where we're on a, a good path about writing as a business. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of trial and error at the beginning. And I feel like I'm kind of just now starting to come out of it a lot with There's your still, help. <laughs> by the way, it's still going to be a lot of trial and error because one, I'm new to this industry, although what was it, 17, 18 years ago, I started in this industry. I walked away from it yeah. like a, yeah, a long a lot time back ago. Then, yeah. And a lot of things changed. I mean, there wasn't internet. I mean, there was internet back then, but, you know, it wasn't as big as it is now. It's yeah. not as a uh, part of our daily life as it is now. It was just something there if you needed to look up information. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if every company back then even had a website. <laughs> so, I'm probably very few. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a whole different game. And just in publishing too, you know, you have audiobooks now too, which I don't, I mean. It's another whole world. Yeah. Yeah, every a, format is a whole new yeah, world. It, yeah, it's a whole new world. So. There's so much to learn. So there's going to be a lot of trial and error. Even when you're successful, there's going to be a lot of trials and errors because yeah. there's no um, foolproof formula that will guarantee instant success. Yeah. And millions of books sold. Yeah. There isn't. Unless you it have takes... some kind of inside track or something. But even then, I think <laughs> you still. Have nothing to... will guarantee that you will get the sales and you'll get the good reviews and people will like your work. You know? Yeah. You have to work for them, even if people buy your books. If your book is not good, but you have a good um, PR company behind you or somebody that does great marketing for you, that's a guarantee that your re readers will like the book. Yeah, yeah. They might buy it. Yeah, the first know. rule of this yeah. whole business is you have to write a book. You have to write a good book. You have to, you have to write a professional book. Um, you know, these are the things that you can kind of control. You need to make sure it's edited well. You need to make sure you have a good interior design. You need to make sure you have a good cover and you need to make sure that your, your editing and your writing is good and solid, the best it can be. Yes, but I want to add before all that, the content has to be good. Yeah. It should be original. We were just talking yeah, about this. So we, we were just talking about so many books right now about, um, you know. Same, same topic different character characters have a different name the setting might be in a different place uh, yeah if it's a fantasy book it's an imaginary place but then it's very similar to another imaginary place yeah uh from maybe a series i saw on netflix yes yeah <laughs> yeah or maybe you know one of those wizarding worlds that uh, we all know about yeah. you know it could be something like that and if you are Even a romance i love romance i love historical romance uh regency is one of my favorite uh, genres when I read a book, it's pretty much the same with the last five I read. Right. Uh, it's very rare when there's that one that, you know, it's different. Yeah. You know? Well, um, it's funny, you know, with J.K. Rowling, you had a whole bunch of people that, that wanted witches and warlocks and all of those kinds of things. With Outlander, oh my God, the time travel books came out. And, you know, so I think people see, oh my gosh, this person wrote this wonderful, amazing book. And now they, uh, you know, they want to kind of write on those coattails or they want to, or maybe they feel like they could have told that story a little bit different or better. And so they're going to put out their version of it and everyone's doing the same thing. So then you've got, you got a gazillion books that are the same exact kind of idea which 
you know, to, to, honestly, <laughs> romance, that's the way that it is. It, it is the same book. It's just it is. You know, tweaking a it little is. bit. But. It is, but you know, the heroine, I mean, I don't want to get into the fact that the 18th century or 19th century girl in the Regency books, it looks like a 21st century teenager. Yes, right. Yeah, they don't look the same. <laughs> they don't well, not even like physical appearance, but you know, the way they talk, the way they act. I mean, yes. to me, that's you need to do your research and you need to do it so that you know. And, and they're fun, <laughs> you know, some of them they're fun, especially if, if you know the writing style is funny and whatever, but not all of them are like that. Yes. So then you know, you end up like I told you, you read a book at night because you just keep scrolling through it. Yeah. You know, you skim, you know, yeah. you, instead of reading every page, you read maybe two pages in a chapter and then you're <laughs> yeah. looking an hour. Right, right. Because, you know, if it's, yeah, and that's the quickest way for me to get out of a book too, is if you're supposed to be in some kind of, you know, 1700s and they're saying, you know, go figure, or they're saying, it's yeah. like terrible, you know, and you know, those kinds of, all of those things, you need to do your research and everything. I mean, so sassy heroine, don't get me wrong, there were sassy women back then, but I feel like the sassy women back then, they were so different than sassy yeah. nowadays. Yeah, and you you could be sassy to a point yeah. before you started having a lot of repercussions to that sassiness, and you don't see a lot of that. You see, you know, you see a lot of brave women that were sassy or something back then, but then they're also... They, you also almost need to show some of those consequences to being exactly. Like that. I don't think all the men were as accepting back then as they make them in a book. You know, you have this woman that's very powerful, very powerful personality, very sassy. She's gonna do, she's gonna kick everybody's butt, and then she marries this guy that she hated, and then finally getting along, and he's just gonna let her do whatever she wants. Yes. No. Yeah, that probably I, okay. wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have happened back I, then. Uh, maybe in some instances, but maybe not in uh, most instances. <laughs> I mean, think about if that would have happened back then. I mean, yeah. I think the world would have looked totally different now. <laughs> it, probably, it probably would have. Um, so anyway, I guess the whole point uh, in, in this first part is just talking about you, if you're going to write a book and it's, it's going to be out there for the masses, you know, if you're writing for yourself, write whatever you want. If you you're writing for your blog. family, write whatever you want. Do a blog, do, or write a book because, you know, anybody yeah, you can, can have, have a book, but, you know, you shouldn't, I mean, we're in a lot of group, groups for authors, for uh, publishers, and people are complaining about the things they're writing in front of them, and they're not taking any actions. They're not doing hey. anything about yeah, but that's when you're writing for a business. So if you are writing for yourself, write whatever you want, publish your book, do your thing, make it for yourself, make it for your family and do it and own it. And that's that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's recognizing when you want to do that versus writing as a business. Now, if you want to go into writing as a business, well, then that's what we're talking about. Some of these other things in regard to, you know, thinking about what kind of genre you want to write. Um, if you're going to write something that is going to be mainstream, mainstream like witches and warlocks and all of those things. I mean, um, that's a very popular genre. And I feel like people's tastes change. You know, you have this author, um, J.K. Rowling, that, you know, she, I don't know if she was the first, but she was the most pop, the most well-known author that wrote this genre. And then everybody else after her started writing the same Right. So Similar. you want to make sure that what you're stuff. doing is writing something that is fresh, a fresh take on an old theme, you know, so make sure that your writing is, um, that story is, is a good story. Um, and then writing, getting all of the professional elements of it down, things that you can control, things like 
um, you know, like I said before, covers and editors and, and those kinds of things, getting that stuff, making the best book that you can. That's first, because if you're going to make this a business, the book has to be there to make the business around. So um, the other part of this is, um, I think a lot of, uh, before we get into some of this other stuff, people I think will say, I just can't, I either have, um, um, what's the word when you, <laughs> I'm blanking on it, when you can't think, when you're like sitting there and you're writing. Writer's block. The writer's block, thank you. <laughs> Just had one. <laughs> I just had a writer's block. Um, yeah, so when you, so I have writer's block, I can't get my word count in, I can't, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, the other part of writing the book is, is creating realistic goals for yourself. And this is something I really, really, really struggle with because I will write frantically for, you know, four or six weeks. And then I have a year of not writing at all because I just, you know, I'm promoting or I'm doing all these other things. And this has been the biggest problem I have had in terms of getting material out there, books out there and all that stuff is finding my time to write. And one thing that I have just recently done um, because I am kind of new to this whole thing as well uh, is creating a realistic word count and not just saying, I'm gonna write 2000 words every single day. Okay, well, are you gonna write them on the weekends? Um, are you gonna write them on Thanksgiving? Are you gonna write them at Christmas time? If you're Nora Roberts, that answers yes, from what I understand, she writes eight hours every day. Um, but I don't, I guess my point is, try to pick out, pick out these days that are gonna be writing days Decide what that word count is. It doesn't have to be 2,000 every day. It could be 1,000. I want to get 1,000. I want to get 500 words in. I want to do something on my lunch break, whatever. But you're making time and you're fulfilling that time. And then once you've fulfilled that time and you've gotten those words down, then go into all of these other things we're going to be talking about. Get your word count in. Get your book written because that is the most important thing when you're building a business around books. Okay. So I guess, and it, you know, yes, you need to put it in a calendar, but it can work around everything else you have going on in your life. So you can still spend time with your family. You can still spend time with your husband, your mm -hmm. spouse, or do the things you like to do. Like we had authors on your podcast and they have different styles, different lives, you know, they're from all over the world. Some of them write at like they wake up at four or five mm -hmm. in the morning and they're, they're writing until seven o'clock when everybody else wakes up before the kids go to school and then they're doing whatever they're doing in the day or they have jobs and then they mm -hmm. come home feed the kids the family yeah <laughs> do all that stuff and they, they go back to writing or yeah. some of them have jobs and then they're writing in their lunch break yeah uh, you know but yeah. they're consistent yeah and that's I, that's my point is come up with whatever your little word count is and i always make it i well always i'm just now recently. realistic I say have realistic goals. Yeah, and what I guess my point is is that I'm I'm trying to get across is that if you're going to um, if you you if you have your word count, have it low enough where you can. Well, have it doable, but where it's doable, but you know you can easily like. Don't say you're gonna write three thousand words a day when you only have an hour to write. I don't think you can write that much. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. So if you yeah. if you have like a if you want to say I want to write 500 words today, let's just say that that's that's your goal. Okay, at least 500 words I'm going to get down, and then you know after you get those 500 words, now you could write if you write on your lunch break or you write here, or you write here, or you write here. Um, 
then you can add to that. It doesn't have to be, okay, 500 now, I'm not going to write any, but make it, make it a realistic number that you can get it down every single day. Um, something, something, whatever that, whatever that count is for you. Um, and then after you get your book and you have all of that, then we were going to talk about some of these other kinds of things that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and then I just want to add them when, when, when they're planning, make sure they put on a calendar all these other events that they have coming up in, the, in their family and work, travel, whatever else. All those things need to be on a calendar because you need to figure out when is the time you can write. Because yes. a lot of pe times people, maybe they use a month ahead or two months ahead. We took a 12-month calendar and we sat down in the beginning of the year and we planned out. Yeah. And at the end of the year, we'll know whether or not yeah. that worked. <laughs> it should work. It should work. But you need to you need to be consistent. You, you need, need to yes. it, just planning enough. Is you not do, <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about in regard yeah. to like looking at things and not saying, "Okay, I'm going to write 2,000 words every single day." This day I might write 500. This day I might write 2,000 because nobody's in my house and nobody's going to like my husband goes away. That's the day that I know that, uh, or if he's on a trip or something, that's the day that I know I'm going to be able to write a lot of words. Okay, so so moving on from that though, the other things that so we what we get from the complaints that you get from people are just this mass confusion because you don't know where to start. And again, I started here, so I understand what this this feels like. But you hear these words like social media platform. You need 10,000 followers. You need, um, you know, how am I going to get the opportunities? How am I going to get the reviews? How do you publish a book? How do you do all of these things? And, and educating yourself on these things takes a long time to do because there is so much information out there that it's really overwhelming. And some of it's good and some of it's bad. And it's, it's kind of hard. So I guess when you are just now as you're writing your book, you want to start establishing your platform. And you hear these words a lot. Um, and I, I don't think you need to do it all. I think that you need to start out simple. I think you need to start off with a website. You should have a website for people to go to, to understand about you. Understand why do about you think, I mean, we talked about it, we know why, but why do you think, maybe you can tell the people who are watching this, why do you think it's so important to have the website done in the beginning? Um, because you need to be establishing you want, you want to have something interesting for your fans, your readers, your potential readers, um, just the world at large to go to. You want them to know about you. They want to know about what you're writing. Um, they want you to provide them something entertaining. Uh, and that's overwhelming. That sounds daunting, but um, it doesn't have to be like a big, huge thing. Maybe it's uh, it's just something that people go to. Maybe you have, you're, you're into your cats or you go boating or you have some service, maybe you're a photographer and you have some service that people can go to your website and they can kind of learn something or, or get about you. Well, they can learn about your personality by uh, looking at what other things you're doing. Um, yeah, so with uh, when, when it comes to the websites, I think if you have something uh, for people to come to that they can rely on that is, is going to be there, some information that they can learn something from or that they can get enjoyment out of or something. So I think websites are important, number one. I also think websites are important because that they're going to be the only platform you own. Social media is owned yes, by other people. Yeah, yeah. And we see people getting blocked, booted, 
put in jail. <laughs> yes, that's uh, true. I mean, there's so many rules, like, you know, Facebook, it changed so much from where it was three, four or five years ago. There are so many things you cannot say or you need to watch what you're saying. Uh, and more recently, you know, they kind of banned anything political, uh, anything that has to do with like the pandemic. Uh, they're putting disclaimers before they even, you're sh like, you know, I share a lot with my sister because the industry she's in and every time I see something, I send it to her and ask her, hey, have you seen it? Every time I do that, there's a pop-up or um, something comes up on the screen that Facebook warns me that this is related to COVID yeah. and it asks me if I'm sure I want to share it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, there's so many, so much misinformation, so many false information, uh, people abusing, you know, yeah, I, I think not just websites, but I also think newsletters. Both, yes. of, both of those are two that you you own. And you know, this is you bring up a very good point. Um, so here's the thing about all of those controversial topics and stuff like that. Um, you are going to immediately lose half an audience if you choose to take a side on those on those hot button topics. I make it a policy that I don't discuss po politics or anything controversial. Um, on my uh, website um, or on any of my platforms and stuff like that. Um, I choose to stay out of that narrative because I think it's very polarizing. I think it's very negative and, um, and you're not gonna win. You're never going to win those arguments and things. So I, I think that, um, it, you know, but that's a personal choice of mine. I know there's a lot of authors that are out there doing it. And I know that I've unfollowed a lot of authors on both sides. Um, who get so rambunctious about their views that they just spew them out there all the time. Uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a very, um, there's a lot of vitriol out there. And so, it, you know, just, just think about it. Um, it's completely up to you whether or not you want to go there. But um, I think you're absolutely right. Your website, your newsletter, both of those things are things that you own. The rest of it, you know, if you say something that somebody doesn't like um, on either side, um, you know, well, just be ready to face the consequences yep. of people not liking what you're putting out. Yep. And a lot of people, it's for a lot of people, that's hard to handle. Yeah. Because people can be really mean. Yeah, they can. Um, they can. And, and you know, you just got to decide what's what's right and what's your message that you want to put out there. So just keep keep that in mind. Um, I think website is, is the most important one. Newsletter is also very, very important. I know authors that, that do it fine without a newsletter. Um, however, but again... This is the one place that you, all of those people that are on your newsletter, um, as long as you uh, you get them organically and they're not all just from contests and all these things, you know, th that's that's a, a list that you own. Those are people that are going to want to know about your books. You want good followers. You don't want somebody that came to your list just because uh, they there's a contest. You want somebody that's there because they want to read your books and they're excited about you and, and those kinds of things. So building a list, building a website, all of these things take a lot of time. And so you want to start it early. You want to start those things early. As early as possible. Yeah. Um, I was talking to another author in one of the groups. Um, they had a question. I responded and they were asking how do they start building their list? There are a lot of ways you can start building a list. First of all, you need to have a website. You need to have a form on your website to be able to collect the information. Yeah. You need to give your readers something that they want. Yeah. Could be free content, could be um, access to, um, to you or to your work in progress. 
if I know some authors do that, some authors, they're not comfortable doing that, but anything that, um, that they want to, you know, that they're responding to. That's why I ask you, do you know who you wanted to read your book? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you started writing because that's very important, uh, to kind of figure out. Yeah. This was something interesting that, um, Andrea did when we, so Andrea has been with me now for a work where, well, it's about a half, I don't know, six, seven months. Oh, it's more like eight, nine now. Is it eight, nine months? Okay. Anyway, but when she when she first came on, she says, we need to understand who your reader is. Who's going, who, who's reading your book? And we actually created a person. I forgot what her name was, but. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> uh, her name was Adrian. Yeah. So we created a, a complete person who is the person that will probably pick up my book and read it. Um, and we knew who she is, where she's working, where she's living, if she has kids, what she likes to eat, what she likes to do, where she's shopping, mm -hmm. or where she's spending her time, where she goes on vacation, where she said where she's working. Just everything. Yeah. It was everything. Like, and it was really helpful. Uh, you know, and actually I think because we're going to try to do this one as more of a basic uh, kind of podcast today. Maybe we should do another one that's once you're past all of this, uh, you know, learning these mm -hmm. these first initial things. Then we go on to more advanced one because um, I, I really do think that 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 was really helpful. So keep, having an idea of who your reader is is important for your website and your newsletter because that's the people that you're now talking to. Those are the people. And you need to speak. Uh speak their language and then if you're writing multiple genres which we know a lot of authors do the the reader that's going to be your romance book is going to be different than the reader that's reading your fantasy book it's exactly. going to be different than it's, uh, your reader that's reading the YA book and whatever else you're writing so you need to speak their language yeah and yes you're going to have the newsletter and you're going to send out emails to everybody but you need to understand that your Y reader might not look at your a newsletter about your romance book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I guess, so after the website and the newsletter, um, I really think that there's kind of a hierarchy of social media. <laughs> um, I think you have the big catch-all Facebook, you have Twitter and you have Instagram. And to me, those are the kind of the big three. And then you have uh, Goodreads and BookBub, which are really conducive to your new job you're writing as this business this is your business goodreads and, and bookbub are parts of that and then i think there's like a whole other part of it that goes into kind of technology that you might not be used to and i don't want to scare you into all that this is more of the advanced stuff that i was talking about so like youtube and podcasts and those kinds of things um, and then there's kind of what i consider like supporting social media which is like Pinterest and LinkedIn and, you know, those kinds of things. So I look at this from a different perspective. She's more of a marketer, so you might. So I look at it from a marketing point. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is owned by Google. Yeah. Google is the biggest search engine. There are other search engines, but Google is the biggest search engine. So to me, it would make more sense to have content on YouTube first before your social media. Because whenever we put out the podcast episodes, when you search Jenny Hackman, you search a certain topic, Google will always show up the show the new content. The videos that we put out on YouTube, they're shown almost instantly in searches. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, okay. So here's so then Pinterest is it's uh it's not a search engine, but you know, you find a lot of information. Their algorithm is very good. 
you know, Google will also include, uh, you know, um, any content you have on Pinterest that is attached with your name that has the keywords you want to. Just Pinterest owned by Google as well? No. Okay. Okay. Well, here's my point to that. But what, what I'm trying to say, it's all these big platforms that you can find information. This is where you need to, uh, you need to make sure that you're there. Not just Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter. Those are great. And those are actually going to show up before your content on your website shows up. <laughs> just because that's how the algorithm algorithm works. Now, if you, your website has a bunch of content, uh, when, you're, when you're starting out, it takes about a couple of weeks for Google to just index your your blog or your website and say, hey, it's there. Yeah. Now, you have to con continuously add content and do targeted content using keywords that you want to rank under like if somebody's searching fantasy books, then you want to make sure that you're using the right words in your content that when somebody's searching for fantasy books, your website will show up. And you want your website to show up on the first page of Google searches because let's face it, nobody's going to look three, four or five pages down right. for results. So, I mean, that's a whole new world, but yeah. um, that's how it is. So yes, YouTube, Pinterest, uh, Medium, and there's a bunch of other places where you want to make sure that any content like this blog, I mean, this podcast, we're doing a Zoom to record it, mm -hmm. where we used to create a content first and try to record afterwards. We're recording first and then we're using this content in several platforms because yeah. it's just easier to do it. And that's why we're focusing on putting out on YouTube first and the podcast because those will show up. Those will show up first. First. Okay, yeah. so I guess now... But I'm, I'm here's here's the dilemma because if you're listening to this, this is probably you're probably newer to writing and all of that stuff, and all of this stuff is very very you know intimidating. So I I guess I am I I it, it is kind of a catch twenty two. So it do is. you go do you go to the the one that is going to give you more visibility right away, which is like you just said, YouTube and all of those things, or do you go to kind of the, the areas that you might know a little bit better, which is like Facebook and Twitter and those kinds of things? You can go with, you don't have to go with YouTube. There are a couple of things you need to know that Facebook, Instagram, pretty much any social media, it's um, the most important things are videos. So it, regardless of which platform you go on, you should try to make videos. The content because should be in videos. they're more visually that's, that's pleasing. how we consume and, content right now people yeah. on social media that's how they consume content yeah you know uh so whatever you're doing it has to be a video yeah then yeah start with facebook if you're more comfortable with facebook you know facebook better start with whatever you're more comfortable with and you know you know how it works yeah yeah and that is a good that's a good point yeah. uh, that i was going to make as well is if you um let's say you have your website and and you start a newsletter and they don't have to be big splashy flashy things they just have to give who you are what you're doing you know and you and you it has build to be it. clear it has to be very yes yeah, it, it has, has to, to be, be clear it has to be clear it has to be not so muddy you don't want it you don't want every bells and bell and whistle on it you want it to be nice and clean and clear um and same thing with your newsletter you just you, you just have to have a purpose understand your purpose and and do it accordingly and then when you get to some of these other things like facebook or instagram start with one just start with like she just said start with one let's say you you're on facebook personally and you understand that platform a little bit better well then 
make a make an author page, make something that is more professional, and then and then start with that because you kind of understand that. If you really love to do Twitter, then start with Twitter. You know, whatever Twitter is great for authors if you know how to use it. If you know how to use yeah, it, yeah. If you know how to use so it. just so pick your pick your medium and start with one. And then when you feel like uh, you know, give yourself some time to kind of get to know that one and then go on to another one. Um, you should, uh, it's kind of hard to do a Goodreads page or a BookBub page um, when you don't have a book out yet. However, uh, you could be starting to leave reviews for other authors. You could be, um, you know, you can establishing you a can presence. Still, yeah, you, you can be visible in these platforms and like you said, establish a presence, which pretty much on any platform, if you're planning to do something like that, you should start establishing a presence um and try to grow it because um you know you were talking right in the beginning of this uh video uh if you need to have ten thousand followers yeah um just think about you know if you want to buy a product you go to a company that has 100 followers and you have a the same product from another company that has 10,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Which company are you going to buy it from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or they have 10,000 reviews and this one has 100 reviews, but it's the same product yep. sold by two different people. Which one are you going to buy it from? Well, and at conferences, I would I would <laughs> hear that number all the time, 10,000, because when you are trying to become traditionally published, um, which is going out and getting a publisher and doing all of those things, uh, you hear these horror stories that they're not even going to look at you unless you have 10,000 followers. No, because they don't, I mean... It's just the way the game is played right now. Well, um, but it's also not true is my, my point to that. Yes. The big five, yeah, that that might be, you know, you got Random House and you got Penguin and you got, yeah, all of those, you know, the Simon & Schuster, those, the big five, you, those ones, yeah, you're going to need probably a few more followers uh, to get into unless you have got this amazing book that's just going to transform the world. Um, you know, you're going to have to probably need that. To get into a small press pub, uh, publisher or any of those kinds of things, they they just want to, they're looking at the book and they're looking at your willingness to kind of help sell your book. Um, so, well, you know, that's how they make money and they yeah. have to know that they're going to be able to sell whatever, yeah, uh, whatever they're putting into getting your book out there. Because, exactly. I mean, you know, there's a lot of resources that they have to put into um, getting your book out there and yeah. you might get a part of the profits, <laughs> yeah. um, but they're putting up all the money up front. There are. So they, they are. need to be able to get the money back. So yeah. it totally makes sense. The other thing um, with uh, social media and all of that stuff is, is starting to create, make connections um, with other authors that write in your genre um, and possibly starting to collaborate with them, uh, you know, having events together, um, maybe writing, uh, as you're writing your big novel, maybe do a short story and put it in with a collection, um, or an anthology or something like that, where you're making connections with other authors, because believe it or not, this industry has got some of the most amazing people in it and authors do support other authors. And, um, if you are, if you're making connections with people in your genre, um, you know, that's a whole list of readers that love to read that genre. And so you're going to be like, if you're a fantasy writer, you're probably not going to want to go to a political thriller author. And Even if they have a huge list. Yeah, yeah, they have a huge, because political thrillers, uh, readers probably aren't going to read your fantasy book. Maybe they will. Maybe they're multi-genre uh, readers. You know, I but mean, I, I, I think that every reader 
reads multiple genres, but there's one or two that they will prefer before anything else. Yeah. And they're going to read more of that. It goes back to that person that you're trying to sell to or the person that is your reader, right? Uh, so you're not probably going to be, if you're a romance writer, you're probably not going to be, um, you know, selling to an analytical, um, you know, 80-year-old man. Uh, or somebody that's writing poetry. Yeah, same exact thing. So you're trying to make these connections with people that are kind of in your genre and your space um, because then you have these cross-readers. Yeah, and then even in fantasy, I mean, they're, you know, the the readers that love the witches and the mm -hmm. werewolves and their readers that love vampires, they don't necessarily love the same, the yeah, ones that love vampires. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't necessarily love the witches. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, those those uh, vampires and those werewolves, they do have a little bit of a thing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of my thing on the whole social media uh, platform. Another uh, thing that we have read or the a big complaint is about not getting opportunities. So let's say you have uh, now written a book and you're, you've put it out there and you're trying to yep. find ways to, to get your voice, your book, your... Yeah, you sold some, yeah. but... You want more. You want, you want little, more. Yeah. So now you're trying to make um, you maybe you've done a, a tour, a book tour, you know, to launch a book or um, something, and and you hear about people not getting the uh, opportunities. Well, <laughs> so this is something that actually just happened today. <laughs> but you have um, authors like so we do this podcast and we do tattletales, and uh, we, we broke things way ahead. Yeah, I my my schedule is full. Um, all the way through until I think August, August yes. or September. Um, and then we open it up again and more people come in and, you know, those things. So, um, but here's the, here's the problem is we do this. We, we have our discussion uh, in a podcast form. We have it on a video. We have it, um, this is that whole cross content she's talking about. We have it um, as a, in a reading format on the Tattletales page. And when and it's not the same, they're, different things on each one of them there's there something different i mean we start with the interview but then on, on your blog uh we have different questions we might do a character interview on your blog when we do an author interview and, exactly and but the problem is the problem with this is is that people need to show up to do it and so um and we don't have this happen very often but it does happen more often um with not just this but with other things where people just don't show up they um, or they cancel at the last moment or they, you know, whatever, whatever it is, they just don't take the opportunity or somebody's painfully shy and afraid to go on, uh, you know, like a video or a podcast format. And so they choose not to do that. And then they've just lost one medium uh, or one way of getting themselves out there to people. Now I'm going to tell you, I am the very first person that I am. I'm an introvert. I am. I'm quiet in my daily life. Andrea came on and she's like, "Oh, you you need to start a podcast." So I'm like, "Oh hell no! I'm not going to start a podcast. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that stuff." And that was about four or five months ago. And we've we did it slow. And if you look at some of our early podcasts, you can see I'm really nervous and I'm, you know, and, and I still have my moments of just like getting into and, it. And, you know, I mean, it's nothing, it's not a major production. We use Zoom. We edit everything ourselves. Um, we do it, you know, when we have time and it could, could be better. Yes. Is mm -hmm. it bad? No. Um, 
the the idea is that we're doing constantly we're doing it every week except when people don't show up <laughs> yeah which just happened today by the way so, and and my point to this whole thing is you don't have to be do, running a podcast if you don't want to run a podcast oh no. but take advantage of the medium if you if you have that opportunity so like the person that didn't show up today um she said can we reschedule next week and the answer is no because we already have people scheduled for next week so now she's lost an opportunity to um because we give all of our con the content that we produce from this we give that to the writer um as well and then they get to use video the video that she just said if you search on google you're going to find a lot easier you know somebody else doing the work for you um and you're promoting not you promoting you're you're not showing up you're not uh sharing their work when it's about your work it's mm -hmm. not about their work yeah it's a, yeah it's, um yeah you're not responding to comments you know a lot of times you know we share it with, with your <laughs> readers and your network and people are commenting on things yeah. the authors know we're there yeah. to share yeah or even just the interviews I mean, we actually had to say something in one of the interviews for for authors to start showing their book. Yeah, this was another thing yeah. I was going to talk about here in, in a minute. So my, my, my whole point to this is if you have the opportunity to try something new and you're shy and you're introverted and you're whatever, just give it a go and see what happens. I mean, believe me, most people aren't out there to make you look silly. So, I mean, and I, I certainly know that for my my thing because I am very aware, I'm a shy person. I am very aware uh, of, of doing this and putting yourself out there. And so when you come onto, especially my, my page, um, what I do is we, we have a talk, we have a conversation for, you know, a few minutes beforehand and we get comfortable with one another and then we start talking. Now that might not be the same for everybody, but that is, you know, you, you need to put yourself out there and to at least try it. And, and we had authors like that, yeah. that they were so, they were so re resisting of doing the interview and we, we told them, you know what, it's fine. If you don't yeah. want to do it, it's fine. If you want to do it, it's fine too. If you're not sure, let's just do it and see how you feel. Yeah. And then it ended up being one of the most visualized. Well, that one episodes. was so yeah. popular. Yeah. Uh, she did not want to do it at all. Um, she wound up having a great time. Um, and, you know, the other thing I'm going to just put out, and this might be a little bit more advanced, but when you do do something like this, make sure you have good lighting on your face. Uh, make sure that you are, uh, you have all your stuff turned off so you don't hear chimes and beeps and everything going off. Uh, make sure you have a copy of your book and hold it up. And this is what she was talking about before. We were kind of looking at, um, this is your opportunity to shine, I guess is my point. This is your time. This is like a big commercial for you and your book. And if you don't have the product to show, you've well, lost just, an opportunity. Just think about it. If you're a new author, because we had um, we had somebody that her book wasn't even out yet. yet. Um, her book comes out in May, so mm -hmm. she didn't have a list. She's a brand new author. And yeah, she lived in a different country. So she didn't have the book, physical book, but at least she had the cover. She showed yeah. it on the phone. So if you don't have the physical book, that's fine too, as long yeah. as you can, you're able to show people the cover. Because a lot of times, a lot of people are visual. If they don't see what they should be looking for, they're going to miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to miss it. So, um, you know, you, you need to be ready for every opportunity. You need to be ready to promote yourself as, as an author. And just think about like that author that had no list. You have about a thousand people on your list. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, but enough. Mm -hmm. um, and you're growing. Yeah. Uh, so for somebody who has zero, to be able to 
have somebody share their book to a thousand people. I mean, that's a huge opportunity, right? Yeah. Especially if you read the same yeah. genre that I write. So it's, it's a, um, or you write the same genre that yeah. I write. Um, and, but then the other parts of it is make yourself look good, you know, you know, do your hair and, and, uh, you don't have to put on makeup or anything, but make sure that you, you're not wearing your sweats and, and, you know, well, maybe you have a light yourself seriously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you could shop in character too. <laughs> yeah. We've had that too. Yeah. So yeah, whatever, but you know, it's something that's related to your yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's fun, you know, but, uh, you know, and the reason I say that is because we have done interviews where somebody's had the, the light shining above their head and it, they, they look like they're kind of in a tomb and stuff. So it's, and these are just little things. These aren't things for you to sweat over or just like, Oh, this is so stressful. It's just a couple of just common sense things. So well, that I want to add something about the sound which is make sure that there are no outside noises. Like you know, yeah. your doors are shut, your windows are the shut. The birds aren't outside chirping and yeah, those, those kinds of things. Or, so just basic yeah. little things. And these, again, this might be something we go more into detail in an advanced thing, but um, the whole point of this part is show up, you know, put yourself out there, try some new things, uh, especially if you're doing a format that you don't do yourself, um, like video or audio. Um, Put yourself out there and try it and just see. take advantage of it because in your case, you know, we edit the video, we extract the audio that you could use, and we also do transcripts. There's yes. so much work we're doing and we're not charging anything for it. Uh, and people are not taking advantage of this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it also uh, is a way to establish, uh, establish connections uh, with other uh, uh, authors and stuff. So being consistent, being reliable, being trustworthy trustworthy. Those are the messages that you really want to put out there um, with well, when you're doing I, I would say also act like a grown-up, you know, like a responsible person. Because <laughs> to me, it's very responsible when you do things like that. I mean, I know you live and learn and you might not know everything from the beginning, but, you know, if you're trying to sell something in, or if you're trying to do something you don't know, I would think, or at least I would do, I would look into what I need to do and then what I have to do to be able to show myself or my work mm -hmm. in the best possible light. Yeah. And, you know, not myself. But you also come from a marketing background. So you look at things a little bit maybe differently than somebody coming in that has had no experience with that, with that whatsoever. And that's why, you know, sometimes you need to understand and learn when you need to bring somebody else in that might know a little bit more about what they're doing and that kind of thing where that could, that can advise you a little bit. Um, when you're starting out, brand new like this, trying to do this research on your own, um, you know, she's correct. You need, you need to figure out what the, just what the basics are, just the basics and do, and do the basics well. I and think. there's a lot of information on this. Uh, we're going to start putting out more information on, on this, on the Celtic Butterfly publishing website too, yeah. and probably on yours too. Um, there's a lot of groups on social media, Facebook and other platforms where people talk about these things. Yeah. Join those groups. Find, well, find the ones that are, are good, good ones. Try, try to people that seem to know what they're doing, that uh, maybe have had a lot of experience in those kinds of things. Try, you know, it's, it is really difficult because there is so much information and out there. Here, here's one thing that I learned from the marketing side when, you know, I was learning internet marketing and I didn't know much about it in the beginning either but I saw people that were very successful for it with it and I started following them and I started looking at what they're doing and trying to do what they're doing now 
Don't compare yourself with somebody that was in the industry for 20 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now they have a huge platform. They have a lot of readers. Yeah. But look at the processes they're implementing in their business and try to follow. Yeah. You know, be consistent, put out content, put out, you know, show up. Yeah. <laughs> be visible. Those are things that everybody can do. Yeah. Yeah. If you have an author that is kind of starting out at the same time that you are and, and, and all that, I mean, you know, Nora Roberts doesn't probably have to do as much as, you know, she, she has to put out some content and stuff to keep her audience interested and things like that. But you know what, she comes out with a new book. She's got millions of people that are going to buy it just no matter what, because she is Nora Roberts. So, uh, you know, there, your, her marketing strategy will be, will be, will be similar, but, but, but also, different well, a lot different than than what you every, might be starting out every as. content you're putting out should have a hook that will hook in your reader or your audience listener the person who's watching the video whatever kind of content you're putting out when you're putting content about your book you have to have a hook that will um attract your reader to your book and I don't know, an example saying, here's my next book. Nobody's going to be so excited. But yeah. if you say something like here's, or you're asking a question, if they're liking something that you have in the book, then you have a better chance yeah. of uh, hooking that that reader yeah. into checking out your book instead of like buy my next book on so fantasy. Here's, <laughs> here's some other things that uh, I, I think... There is, there is some really big frustrations that happen because you think that if you follow a certain line of doing things, um, you're going to have success. Okay. And everybody's journey or path is going, is different. So my journey is different from this person's journey, which is different from this person's journey. Everybody has their own reader and their own way of hooking people and, and all of these things. There's no I think that's why it's so confusing because there is no real super straight formula, um, you know, very linear. For, it's more of a, you know, this kind of a formula, create, you know, roundabout formula. But, um, you know, establishing some of these things and then making them your own is how you kind of do it, I guess, maybe. Well, you know, you look at what other people are doing, but then you need to put it, you need to figure out if it works for you, first of all, because yeah. it might not work. Yeah. Um, some people are really good at social media and you yeah. hate social media yeah, yeah. or not the best strategy. Yeah. So you get need to find a different format or a different medium of putting out your content and connecting with readers yeah. and social media. Yeah. And there's these other platforms, you know, you could, uh, it might take a little bit longer to use, you know, your blog and put out content and wait for Google to pick it up. Yeah. Google's not pick it up just because you put it out there. You, your content has to be strategic. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to use keywords, but you also have to share your content. Yeah. And then there are so many places where you can share it, not just social media. There are places like, well, LinkedIn is kind of so social media. Um, and I don't know how authors view it. I, although I see more and more authors mm -hmm. on it. I actually do see a lot yeah, of authors. Really? I, that's, yeah, I, I have access to your LinkedIn and every week you get at least 60 or 70 people mm -hmm. asking to connect with you mm -hmm. and a lot of them are authors. Wow. So I know they're there. Yeah, good. That's <laughs> but great. you have places like Medium, Reddit, Dig, and a bunch of similar uh, platforms where people can share resources. Yeah. Uh, it's free to join. doesn't cost you anything and there are millions of readers on yeah. it. 
you should share your content yep. in those places. And this too. is where that comes to that whole idea of finding one of those platforms or a few of those platforms and making them your own. You don't have to do it all. You just need to start somewhere and just kind of make it your own. The other thing I wanted to say here is that I do hear a lot of complaints about things like, I can't get anybody to respond. Uh, you know, you put out something and it's like crickets out there. You know, you, you, do a, you do a contest, you do a book launch, you do a whatever, and no one shows up. And, and it is incredibly frustrating because you've put so much time and energy and effort into these things. And the, thing, the only thing I can say to this is, um, because I, I've certainly had that too, is this is where those collaborations come in. When somebody else is doing something, show up you know, leave reviews, support other people, support other people, because it is really, really tough out there. You cannot expect somebody to support you when you're not connecting with them. You're not interacting with them. Yeah. You're not supporting them. Yeah. And do it not in just a, you know, just I, reviews are something, if you're just starting out, reviews is something that you're going to find is a big, huge deal. And it's something we've talked about so many times here on this podcast and it's, and I don't say it just for myself, although I love, I love to say it for myself, but um, it, it's for your other author. If you have a favorite author, if you have somebody that you really enjoy reading and you want to see more of and you, um, you know, all of those things, leave the, leave them a review and not just for, for authors, leave it for products, leave it for services, leave it, you know, leave reviews. Reviews are so important because you need to think about the way that you purchase things. And this is the best way that I can explain no, it to no, you. That's, that's how it is. If you purchase something and you have a choice, something's the same price and you have a choice between somebody that has a hundred reviews or 5,000 reviews or one review, who are you going to choose? You know, where are you going to go? And, and they're all, let's say they're all five stars, but you know, which one are you going to go to? You, I, 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 can say it for myself, I always go to the one that has the higher rating. If it's all the same price, you know that that person has established their business. And so my point to it is authors, reviews are their bread and butter. Um, reviews in the right places um, are wonderful. Goodreads, BookBub, Amazon websites. Those are great places to leave reviews. Also your website. Why don't you use your blog? That's a piece of content you can create without promoting mm -hmm. all the time something you're just talking about how you enjoyed this book or maybe you didn't enjoy but hopefully yeah. you did enjoy yeah um yeah and and leaving reviews that are are good honest reviews what 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 you think and feel in your heart about it so i mean it is it's obviously every author wants a good review but you know at the same time establishing yourself as somebody that is going to be there in, in your corner. Well, you know? in your corner, somebody that is seen as a trustworthy person yeah. because you want people to trust you, trust yeah. your opinion, trust what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, you want them to see you as an authority. Let's say you're a fantasy writer. You want them to see you as the best fantasy writer there is in the fantasy genre, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the more you talk about other people's uh, work will, you know, will help people to start trusting your opinion, especially if it's a non-biased, yeah. a very objective. <laughs> yeah. And you're also connecting with other readers in the genre that you're writing. So, I mean, it, they, it, there is a method to the madness. There, it, it there really is, it honestly, is. you know, 
it's it's like somebody saying which child do you love the mo most it's not that there is a capacity to love a lot of different people so readers don't just it just because they buy one book from this author that doesn't mean they're taking away from you as an author they they you readers are readers they're going to come to you they're going to look at all the big authors look at the nora roberts look at the brenda novak look at the Debbie debbie makeover um sandra brown whoever they're all supporting other authors yeah they're all supporting other authors yeah, yeah. and that's how, that's what you should do when you're yeah. just starting out or at any stage of your writing yeah honestly it's not just starting out it's yeah. it's at any, any stage. stage matter of fact the bigger you become the more coveted that review comes from it you is, yeah. so i mean it's uh you know if i if if nora roberts wrote a review about my book i would be so incredibly ecstatic hopefully it would be a good one and, then, <laughs> and you know it would be really really great to have something like that so if, so the bigger you get the more those reviews actually come to matter. I would add to that. I, I was just thinking about this because I get the BookBug newsletter and I get a lot of books for free there. If you, a lot of authors, um, they sell their books for free or mm -hmm. they're free if you're a part of the Kindle Unlimited, which I have a subscription. If you're getting a book for free, just leave a review. Yeah. Because oh, nobody yeah. wants to give away their book for free, but they know that that's how they get a lot more readers. Yeah. It's really, it's just, I cannot stress reviews enough uh, in, in all services, but particularly as an author. And if you want them, give them, you know, so uh, you'll understand the importance of it a whole lot more. And I've had so many people in the last, especially in the last month that have told me, you know, I never really thought about it. Um, I never really thought about that whole idea about it until I, I looked at myself as a consumer and how I buy things. So, um, you know, it is... I would also add there that this is the law of attraction. <laughs> the more you put out, the more you get. <laughs> so yeah, we know a lot of people are into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so um, I kind of, so the opportunities, take advantage of those opportunities, um, the social media platforms, and then, um, you know, writing that good book at the beginning. The, 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 I don't know if this is the last thing, but this is my last thing on here you can talk about too. Um, so the other complaint that I hear is that this is so expensive. And what do you put your money towards um, as, a, as opposed to something else? What, you know, you, everybody has their own budget. Not everybody has a, you know, $100,000 budget like some of those big name authors. Some people barely have, um, you know, they might even have a $100 budget for a month for, for all the different items and stuff that, that are out there. And I guess... You need to learn again what works best for you and what works best. The marketing dollars that work for Nora Roberts um, are not going, maybe not necessarily what's going to be the best for you. So um, you want to get the most bang for your buck. Um, if you're going to put yourself out there for a book tour, let's say at a launch time or whatever, make it a review tour. Make it somewhere where you've got two things going off at once. You've got somebody that is writing your review. Um, and just, just as a little footnote here, if you are doing a review tour or you are, um, you know, going to a review site and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to, I would like you to do this review tour, understand that those review tours don't, don't mean 
that you're going to automatically get a good review. It just means that you're paying for a service for them to leave a review. And so understand that um, you don't pay for good reviews. You don't pay for any of those that you're, what you're paying for is for somebody to look at your book and put their opinion out there. So, um, you know, keeping that in mind, but that's kind of a double bang there. You got, you got a little bit of bang for your buck. You've got a review and you're also getting your book out there. Um, rather than conferences, take classes that are, um, are really pinpointed to what you want to learn. Um, so conferences are super, super great, but they are extremely expensive. And depending on where they are and how big they are, the more expensive they are. So, um, you know, the, the RWA conference, uh, which changes uh, location, but the last one that I went to before COVID was in New York. Um, that's a plane ride. That's a hotel. That is the conference, which could be upwards of five, $600, depending on, on you know, um, where well, the conference alone is that. And then you got the hotel and you got these other things. Well, you need food. And if you're going there, I mean, why not take some marketing stuff to sell your books so you need to yeah. add you know well, all, more of, those, resources. all yeah. of those things are part of this so i mean yeah. you know it's it's expensive to go to conferences especially if you're going to a location um you know find if you're gonna if you want to go to a conference which i do believe are so beneficial and you know especially with all the covid stuff it's been hard to find them they've all been online which um you know might be a new way that they do them who who knows um but but going if you can't afford the conference or maybe finding a smaller conference but if you can't afford the conference take maybe go into a class you want to understand more about marketing so you go in and you take something that's let's say you want to learn more about facebook and marketing okay take that class you know spend the money on that class and pinpoint it instead of having this broad spectrum of ideas um, that you come away with so many ideas but it's it's very overwhelming Go to this one idea and learn it. I, I agree with that. I would just add to that that you should do your research. I mean, there are a lot of people teaching, for example, Facebook ads. You don't want somebody that's teaching Facebook ads as an internet marketer because it's a different style and technique of marketing for yeah. a physical product or something that you're solving a problem yeah. versus a fiction book, which is yeah. totally different kind of yeah. <laughs> product. Yeah. And the one great thing about conferences that I do have to say um, is that usually they do have kind of a beginning, middle and uh, advanced, you know, so like if they have a marketing class, that's one really great thing. And I did learn a lot about things through the conferences um, where like, you know, you have your one-stop shopping kind of there, uh, you know, so one class might be teaching you how to log on to Facebook and, and teaching you the basics of Facebook and the most advanced class might be talking about Facebook ads. So it's, it's like, you know, they're not that it's super well, advanced, you but get, you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> yeah, but before you get to ads, you need to know how you create a, a professional presence, meaning your profile uh, picture says exactly who you are. It's an image of you, not necessarily your book because you are the person mm -hmm. that you're promoting, not your book. Yes, you're, promoting your books but yeah you're promoting yourself yeah so you shouldn't have animals or whatever yeah else yeah as a profile picture you know you should have a, a cover photo that says 
what you're doing. You know, if you're a fantasy um, author, then it's just say that you're a fantasy author. You can spotlight books. I mean, Jenny's covers changes all the time. I don't know if she knows it, but <laughs> they change all the time because, if, you know, and you, you can change it too, or you, you don't have to change it if, yeah. if it's too much work for you. Whatever works for you, but it should be something that looks professional. Uh, and you don't need a designer for that. There are great resources for design. Canva, it's a great platform. There are a bunch of other platforms similar to Canva that you can use. Uh, but Canva has a lot of um, a lot of uh, resources within. They have a lot of uh, tutorials. You can find people teaching how mm -hmm. to use Canva, how to do stuff in Canva yep. on YouTube. Uh, and they have a free version. So you don't yeah. have to pay a lot of money. So when you're looking at finances and all these things that you're spending your money on, uh, make sure you do your research and don't spend money on things you don't, you don't need Adobe Publisher or Adobe Illustrator if you don't know how to use it. Right, exactly. Like you need to work your way. Well, there, and a lot of these you know? things, and you just dovetailed perfectly into my next thing, which, uh, which is just uh, uh, invest in things that will further your effort, not just invest to invest because this person said to go and invest in it. A lot yeah, of times I mean, there is a free version of a lot of these different, like Canva, there's a free version of Canva. There is a, a free version of, of, of Elements. There's a free version, is right? Elements? No, uh, Elements, no. It's okay, free. it's a free, free version of MailChimp, but there's a free version of MailerLite. There's a free, there's free versions of things. And and granted, they might not be, they might not have all the bills and whistles to them. But you might not need all the bells and whistles not, in the beginning, especially you when you're starting. certainly don't need all the bells and whistles at the beginning. Um, but to go with the things that will further your effort, when I say that, she was just talking about author photos. Now, um, because I've done the Tattletales page now for uh, And I was going to talk to you about it. I think uh, because you have done photography, I think that would be a great topic for your blog to teach authors how to take their own yeah, photos. Yeah, I think I will, I will do something about that because um, we have, like I said, I've done the Tattletales page now for a couple of years. And uh, the thing that frustrates me more than anything else is getting photos that are not high res, that are not high quality. And, and they don't show you in the best light. They don't, not meaning like luminosity. Yeah. It's just, you're, it looks like you're cut out of a picture that you were maybe doing something with somebody else. That was taken with a zoom yeah. lens and you're super grainy. Yeah. And, and these are, these are su super, super simple things to fix. And you don't understand the importance of it. You see something in a picture. I mean, phones nowadays they're so I mean their cameras are so good now that you can take really nice photos with yeah a, a, a smartphone with a, just a smartphone yeah. and a friend <laughs> you know or, or, a tripod. or you don't need a friend because you have the delay on the yep. phone you so you can take of, it yourself all of it yeah um so my you know we will go over I, we will do a uh, podcast on that because um Having a good author photo, something that looks professional and exactly like what she had said. I have gotten so many photos of authors um, where their picture is grainy, where they like themselves by the campfire and somebody took it for them and it was through the, the flames of smoke and everything and they're very distorted looking and when it blows up, it gets very grainy. So um, some of these things that I'm talking about where you should invest in things that will further your effort, a good author photo is one of them. Uh, good covers, ones that are, are high res. Uh, high res means that it's over 300 DPI, which is more an advanced topic. However, it's, um, you know, something that, that 
you need to kind of learn what these things mean. You want to have them in the right dimensions so they're not distorted, you know, and all of these things we can talk about in an advanced uh, podcast. Um, good covers, good author photos. You need to, um, if you do not get picked up, um, or actually before you get that very first um, <laughs> uh, publisher or whatever, you need to invest in a good editor. You need to invest in um, somebody that understands interior design of a book or learn it yourself. You need to understand what those things mean so that when they come out in those different formats for print or for ebook, um, you understand the way that it's going to look and, and you need to get your dimensions right, your trim sizes right, and all these things. And that sounds very, very overwhelming. Um, you know, or you can choose to hire somebody to do it, go on Fiverr and you, you find somebody that's, that's uh, got a lot of reviews <laughs> and, and you well, have I, them do it for five bucks or whatever. You it should is be that, careful with that too. You should, be you, very, you should, you should be very careful with that, but too, you need to make sure the person that you're, you're using is legit. Um, so those kinds of things, you know, invest in your product, which is you and your books. So you want to make sure that you're putting good money into those, those things first before you do anything else, because the, that's the, ultimately the product that you're selling. And then you're starting slowly and you're building. So, um, you know, maybe you have, um, you might have one follower on your newsletter. Okay, great. That, you've got one follower more than what you had before you started a newsletter. Okay. And that will slowly build as your content builds. As you show up, as, as you show as, up, as you're visible, <laughs> as you have your good product to as show, as you're consistent. Yeah, all um, of these things we've already talked about. If you're running one book a year, that's great, but that doesn't mean that the and it takes you maybe four or five weeks. So that doesn't mean that the, the next ten months you're doing nothing. Yeah, well, and also understand that you're not going to probably write your book in four or five weeks. You know, a lot of people they they create their schedule of how they're going to write and everything. I don't know some, how some people do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's seriously. It, you also have to think about the length of your book and all these things too. There's there's some authors that will put out four or five books a year, um, and I can't for the life of me figure out how they do it. And then you maybe look at their page count. Well, maybe these are shorter books, you know? So you just have to, you have to do what's right for you and not always be looking at what the person next door is doing because they have their system and you'll have yours. Um, the other thing is, uh, so in regard to making money, uh, <laughs> unless you are, you know, you, there's, there's people that, that can make a living just writing. And there's a lot of people that do that. Um, and then you've got, you know, the people that have done very well for themselves, the JK Rowlings and the Nora Roberts and the, you know, um, I'm blanking on everyone's name right now. There's a Burn moment. Everybody. There's so many people that have made, uh, made this and made a very good, decent living at it. But when you're starting out, maybe having another source of income, if you are not, um, if you don't have a primary job, you know, find things that you can sell around your product, you and your books. Maybe that's your swag. Maybe that is your, uh, you, you um, use your website with affiliate links. Uh, with or Amazon services. Or services. I know a lot of authors that provide editing services just to make more. Yeah, yeah. Or money. if you're or a good editor, you know, do that. You're as a good service. at design. Maybe offer to help other people with their designs. Yeah. 
there's there's lots of photography this is one thing that i didn't um quite get until andrea came on board as well which is just that you you know just because you're writing a book and you're wanting to um make it a business you need to realize all the areas around writing where you can make a business uh create a store um you know one person that i think does a fun, there's a couple of people there's lots of them that 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 do this very well um Brenda Novak is one. Go on, uh, go on. Brenda Novak's um, she, uh, she's she's, amazing job. she she yeah. does amazing at branding herself. Now she's she's written a lot of books as well, so she's got a lot of backlist. And you make money in your backlist again. You do. She she she's been writing for the last 25, 30 yeah. years. She's got a lot of books. Yeah, it's it's a, she's in a different ball game yeah. than you are. And then uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you look at somebody like uh, Dorinda Jones, who um, I think has figured out a way to market brilliantly as well uh, by turning people back to her books. She has a character that has little, uh, little great little sayings um, at the first chapter of every, her, uh, every book. You know, so she has little things that she's connected to her book and these little sayings she's put on t-shirts, she's put on mugs, she's put on whatever. And people are coming to them by the boatloads because they, um, they love the sayings and they're funny sayings and, and that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, uh, she created, uh, the people that read her, I, I can't remember what the word is, but if you were a Veronica Mars fan, she used to call her fans marshmallows. Um, so, you know, figuring out that little, who give that little right, name. Like we had an author on your podcast, Marilyn Barr, uh, from, is she from Kentucky or Ohio, where she is writing books about witches, right? And she has this whole thing, uh, she, they're having the candles and products and yeah. a bunch of things around yeah the that theme of her books the yeah. book so um and then she makes money doing that so it's like a it's kind of like a side business so writing as a business is bigger than writing a book and it's one thing that when i first got started I didn't understand any of it. All I wanted to do was see if I could write a book. I really honestly just- And I think a lot of people, that's how they start. And there's nothing wrong with sticking with if that. If I were to write a book, which I don't have a plan, but if I was to write, I would probably do it just to see if I can. Yeah. If I'm disciplined enough to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or, and actually the also just a little tiny little footnote that when you write that book, knowing when, is when and then sending it off to the editor letting go of your baby and letting it and letting it go so many people will start a book and they'll just keep yeah. writing and fine-tuning and writing and fine-tuning well that would probably be our fine-tuning for 10 years <laughs> there is a point where you have to let go uh, but uh but it is something that i i'm i'm learning more and more to, about every single day and i do not like even pretend to be some kind of great expert on all of this stuff. This has really just been my experience in trial yeah, and error. things that and work things for you that didn't work. Yeah. yeah. You hear a lot of things on Facebook about from other authors that, uh, you know, they're trying so hard and they just don't understand why, you know, they, they've written a, a good book and they want to understand why they're just not getting the response that they they think they they deserve or should get. Um, and so I'm just I think you have to be intentional in everything you do. Everything you're putting out there has to have an intention, has to have a hook for your intended reader. You know, even when you put it on, on Amazon or whatever platform you're putting your book to sell, you need to know exactly where to position your book because the competition is very steep. There yeah. are millions of books. You're competing with millions of authors 
uh, and a lot of big names, but also a lot of people just like you, they are trying to make it. And if they if they're able to figure out what you can, then their book will show up before yeah. yours. Yeah. Uh, so you have to you have to be intentional with what you're doing. You have to. Um, and you know, you're going to go through trials and error. And if it doesn't work, then there's no sense in prolonging it. At the same time, you need to give time for things to work too. Yeah. Cause they're yep. not going to work overnight, which yep. I see a lot of people, you know, they try something, oh, they do it for a week to a month. Doesn't work. They move on. Yep. Sometimes you need to give it time content on social media. You need to give it time, yep. you know, to, um, to become visible, you know, um, I follow somebody that's teaching Instagram marketing uh, and uh, what they did, this is a person that had tens of thousands of followers. Um, it took her a long time to build it, but then she discovered that because Facebook again changed algorithms, uh, Instagram is owned by Facebook, then Instagram algorithm changed, she noticed a big drop in her engagements. So then she started looking at the people that are following her. And I don't know if you know this, but you can remove people. That are following you yeah so she looked uh at her followers and she she saw all kinds of people there obviously but people were not engaging with her so yeah. she didn't want to yep. be connected to those people because the more of the people that don't interact with you follow you have as your followers then the less people will see your content that's so what really she did point really good she, point. what she did she literally cleaned up her list or her followers and she went from like 16 17,000 to a thousand yeah that's a big drop that is a big somebody drop. would have a yeah. heart attack and i've yeah. seen people complain about um about things like this when um something happens in an algorithm and then their engagement drops a lot or their followers you know they just disappear because yeah they're not a bots people yeah. buy fake followers yeah um and i'm not saying she did because i don't think she did but we know a lot of people are doing that so you need to you need to make sure that you watch your platforms and you watch who's there um interacting with you like you know instagram you can remove followers but the same with facebook too um if people don't interact with you then yeah you want that quality remote, follower yeah. you don't want to follow i mean it's it's nice i mean i'm sure everybody finds it very flattering when you have you know ten thousand followers uh but if those followers aren't furthering your business um and they're not uh you know helping you that way or interacting with you then why are they there and and what's the what's going on so so getting that one follower that is actually somebody that is a good meaty follower that wants to be there, that wants to interact with you, and want, that's the follower that you want. So not a ten thousand that they don't care about yeah. what you're putting out, which is really flattering when you sit there and you look. Oh, I've got ten thousand followers, <laughs> but, then but you don't like, really because they're not true followers. They might not see your content, or yeah. or you. I mean, you know, you look at some of the big names; they have hundreds of thousands. Um, and if they started their page, let's say maybe five, 10 years ago, when you could run ads and you can easily grow your platforms, because I know I've done it for other people and some of my pages, you could run ads and jumpstart your followers just to get that number. But that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they're like quality followers. It could be followers from God knows what country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. Because, you know, if you're running ads, you know, the targeting was cheaper for the country. Yeah. Your country. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. So the only one way, one way to figure out if somebody had done that, just look at how many people comment on their actual posts. If they have 25,000 followers and maybe only 30 people comment on their stuff, yeah. then, you know, start asking questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, so make, yeah. make sure that those, all of these things Don't are... compare yourself, like, especially yes. when you're doing 
when you're comparing yourself to other authors and you look, oh, this person has so many followers. Yeah. Look how many people are actually interacting with their content because yeah. that's the true measurement of yeah. your success. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, just as a, a first, you know, thing, and if you have any questions or comments or if there's something that, you know, I can help out with at all, please just leave a question or, or comment. if there's something that really worked for them. And somebody wants yeah, to share. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. If somebody, uh, you know, if you have a way of doing things that that works for you, uh, I'd sure love to see that comment uh, below as well. Because, uh, I, we, you know, again, this is such a great community of people for the most part. For the most part, you've got really wonderful people that just want to help and they want to share and they want to, um, you know, your success is their success as well. So, um, you know, help out. <laughs> Other than that, I think that's it for our little kind of beginner class. And uh, uh, yeah, see you next time. Yeah, go to Jenny's website. Yeah. It's, it's brand new and it looks really cool. <laughs>